Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. I'm so excited, literally, about what God has to share tonight, if you can't tell. Um, So, I'll start here. My name's Luke. I'm the campus pastor. What's up? At at Lakeland. And um, I've been on staff for about 13 years, almost, which is crazy to think. Like, we've been living in, I've been living in Jackson. I moved here September 25th, 2003. So, almost 20 years I've been in this area. And for the first seven years I lived here, I worked at Nissan and started going to Word of Life Church. I met my wife first, and then her family all went there, and so we started going to Word of Life. I met Pastor Joel as an usher, a real fast story. And he, you know, some people talk about signs, wonders, and miracles in certain ways, like signs, wonders, and miracles, healings, you know, people raised from the dead, which is still happening today, by the way, and um, just all these different things. But you know what a miracle I think we overlook sometimes is the miracle of seeing something in somebody before they see it in themselves. That's a miracle. Like, literally, it's a gift. And so one day, pastor walks up to me out of nowhere, and I'm ushering over him in his section on section one. And I used to be kind of starstruck by pastor, and, I, you know, I still kind of am sometimes because I just honor him, and I love him. But I was standing up against the wall, you know, kind of like a statue, and he would walk by, hey, how you doing? You know, it's just like no, no, no eye contact, you know, like a good soldier. <laughs> and he stops, and he said, hey, look at me. And I was like, what? And he's like, when are we going to go eat lunch? And I was like, you got to be kidding. Like, you want to eat lunch with me? And he laughed. He's like, yes, man, I want to take you to lunch. And that literally started the last almost 18 years of our relationship. Yeah, you can give it up for that. And, and so today is his 40th birthday, and I'm just excited for all God's doing in his life. And, and uh, I'm just grateful to be a part, honestly. Truly, I'm just grateful to be here and um, excited. So I want to talk about his presence, his voice, and his power tonight. So if you brought your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Acts. We're going to be in a ton of scripture tonight, so if you don't feel like turning all these, they're going to throw them up on the screen. I get it, right? But we're going to read a lot of words tonight because I just think there's power in his word, and it's true. Somebody told me this morning we were praying again at 630. You guys should come and hang out whenever your campus is doing prayer times because when you decide to go pray, God's like, I'll meet you there every single time. Like when you get up early, especially when it's a sacrifice, there's only like five to eight of us there, right? Right now. But when they start hearing about signs, wonders, and miracles, they're all going to flood in there, right? But we're already seeing God move in just wild ways. And like prophetically, specifically, like this group of people that's in there praying, like God, everybody, he's giving everybody words and he's doing all these different things and, and moving. But uh, I just know like it, the, there's one guy that was in there this morning and he said, while we were praying, and he's like, the Lord's word is absolute. And he said he was ministering to, like, the FCA. And, and, like, he'd get to go to schools, and he was saying, he would always tell them, like, in every sport, there's an absolute. Like, in a football, there's an absolute field. Like, there's an absolute. It's 100 yards. No matter what football field you go on, there's 100 yards, and you got to play with that 100 yards, and there's no getting around it. There's an absolute in all of these things. And with us as believers, like, this is our absolute. If you get away from this, 
What are you doing? <laughs> right? It's dangerous when you get away from this. But if you come back to this, even when you don't understand it, if you come to a place where you don't understand it, go to God and say, Lord, I need revelation on this. I need you to teach me because he sent Jesus to give us full revelation. Do you all know what that means? <laughs> full revelation to be completely revealed. Nothing hidden. Jesus died on the cross to redeem us back to the way it was before the fall. Before Adam sinned. So before Adam sinned, what did he have? Full revelation of God. He walked in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden with the Father. Do you know we have access to that right now? Jesus died for us to actually have access to that. So why are we not enjoying it? Maybe you just don't know. But now you do. (laughs) Right? Revelation knowledge. Paul prayed all this this stuff in Ephesians. He said, Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of who you are. Like, Lord, let them know you intimately. That word know there, K-N-O-W, is gnosko. Uh, it, it's, it's to know intimately, to have a deep understanding of who God is. You have access to that through the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of you. I was telling Second Service this. We did an altar call at Lakeland this morning. We've decided to start inviting people like to walk the aisles, to come down like old school. How many of you guys walked an aisle when you got saved? I did, yes. You remember it too, don't you? That's right. It makes a memory. And so uh, we, we, they walk down and, 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 and it's just like you see these moments and you see these people. Uh, but there's this intimacy that they're encountering when they do this because God meets them right there. It's just a beautiful thing. So his presence equals, and in the Hebrew, like I said earlier, it means his face. It means uh, the, the, the face of God. And, and, and he told me that this morning. He said, nothing honors, and I know I said this earlier. I'm going to repeat myself for a minute till we get into it. Nothing honors God's sacrifice of his son Jesus like seeking his face boldly. Why? Because Jesus was sent and died to redeem you back to the way it was before Adam fell. Before Adam fell, he walked in the garden in perfection and oneness, perfect intimacy, face-to-face, Nothing between him and God. 100% revelation. That's what Jesus made available to those who will go get it. Will you go get it? Yes. Yes. That's what he told me last night as I was like touching up my notes and kind of adding to it. But we need this power to do what he's called us to do. Are you in Acts? Did I tell you to turn the book of Acts? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and even to the, utter, the remotest, the uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive power by the Holy Spirit to do what? To be my witnesses. You need power to do this, right? You need this power. This power is unlike anything else in the world. Like it literally doesn't compare to anything else. It means dunamis. And I feel like what he's wanting to show us tonight is that when you obey his word, which is in his presence, is followed by his power. Every time there's obedience, power follows. I'm telling you, it was, we're going to look in the same way in the word, even back then, every time there was an act of obedience, power followed. It's the same way. It hasn't changed. His word never changes. If it worked for them, it's going to work for us. You actually need to work that. And so tonight I just want to look through some things, some scripture Uh, We're going to start in Luke chapter 4, but I want to show you where obedience always equals power. It's always followed by his power. 
And this is kind of in the wilderness um, where Jesus obeyed the Holy Spirit and power followed. But in Luke 4, chapter 1, in the beginning, it says Jesus, this is right after he got baptized by John the Baptist, right? It says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, because he'd just been baptized, the Holy Spirit ascended like a dove on him. God came out and he was like, this is my son. He was approved or, or uh, yeah, approved by the Father. And he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He affirmed him, not approved him. He approved him too, but he affirmed him in that. And then the Holy Spirit came, and it says he returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. How many guys would say that you're led by the Holy Spirit? You need to be, right? Led by the Holy Spirit. If I could say thank you to Pastor Joel for anything, for one, just to like pick one thing other than just Jesus, <laughs> it would be the Holy Spirit. And to know the voice of God, not just with my natural ears, but with this ear. This big heart ear right on the inside to listen and to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like it, y'all. I don't know how people function. I say that all the time. My friends and I, we talk about it. We're like, what did we do without the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't remember what it was like. That's scary. Like, I don't even want to remember what that was like. Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, in that wilderness, he was being tempted. There was a lot of stuff going on, but every time he was tempted, he was obeying God. Do you know that Jesus didn't have to obey the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness? He could have been like, no. He could have disobeyed in that moment, right? But that's a sin, and Jesus is sinless, so he, he really couldn't. But he still, as a man in the flesh, had the opportunity to do that. And so, and we'll go to the end. Once he comes out of the wilderness, in, chapter, in verse 14, we'll go to Luke 4, 14. It says, "In Jesus returned to Galilee... In the power of the Spirit. Notice the full, he was full of the Spirit. He went through all these tests and trials and obedience. And then power in the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole surrounding district. I love what he says there. or What it says there. Jesus returned to Galilee after he had obeyed God. After he had done all these things that God had asked him to do. And he returned in power now. Obedience. Power. Let's look at Luke eleven twenty eight. This is in the Passion Translation, one of my favorites. Um, it says, yes, said Jesus, but God will bless all who listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything that they hear. <clears throat> he said, yes, God will bless. That word bless is interesting to me because it means favor, which favor means grace, <laughs> which is the help. Or you could say power. So you could really read that as, yes, Jesus said, but God will give power to all who listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything they hear. He gives power to those who obey his word. Are you obeying God? Are you doing what he's asked you to do? Do you even know what he's asking you to do? Have you spent time in his presence? Have you spent time praying? Have, are you taking time to just like dig in and, and ask God, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Have you even asked? It's okay if you haven't, but start, right? It's not a bad place to be. Don't be afraid to ask God anything. Oh, he loves you. He's your father, and he's a good father. So the other day, I'm going to take a break for a minute from the word. I want to share something. So I like tools. Anybody else like tools? Yes, me too. So this is a handful of screws right here. I'm going to put them right there. Anybody know what this is? Okay, now we're on a good start. <laughs> Does anybody know what this is? It looks like a whistle. It's a keychain for sure, yeah. Close. This is a tool that it's called a magnetizer. This screwdriver is not a magnet right now. It's got a little black tip on it, but there's nothing like there's nothing special about it. 
It won't pick it up. And so if I try to do what this thing is supposed to do, put this screw in there and put it in, in, in like screw something to the wall, the screw is going to keep falling out because yeah. it just won't hold it. Right. Yeah. Why? Because it has no power. Uh. OK, so I'm at the store the other day and I saw this little thing on sale and I'm like, hey, it's on sale. It's an investment. You know, so I need to invest in tools. Right. <laughs> tools are investments. Right, babe. And so. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I picked it up, and I'm like, does this thing really work? I mean, come on. Does it really make it that strong? And so there was a hole cut out in the packaging that said, try me. So I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'll try that. So I grabbed this screwdriver that I ended up buying as well off the shelf. <laughs> Sorry, it's an investment. I promise. I'm going to use it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, all right, let's see what it does. Because I, I tested it out. Nothing works. It's not a magnet. So the top, the top hole right there, you run it through there one time. That's it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Okay, this is not magic, okay? Whoa, right? Right? <laughs> so, so I'm like, no way. You got to be kidding me. I'm, in the st- I'm amazed. I'm like a five-year-old now at this point. I'm like, you got to be kidding me because I'm thinking, now I got to go home and magnetize everything I own. You know, and I did. I'm at home. I'm like running this thing. I'm running every screwdriver I have through there. The ones that don't fit, I'm like trying to like force them through there. Because like who, why do you, why would you not want all of your tools to be full of power and now be able to pick up anything and hold it? And then, whoop, sorry. Well, that didn't work great. But you get the point. And so the Lord immediately, he said, there's more to that. Now, this kind of goes back to like, you guys, you're hearing God. I'm telling you, you guys are hearing from the Lord. He's talking to you all the time, especially through little simple things like this. And you're discounting it. Stop discounting it. Take, take heed to his voice when he's talking to you, because I'm telling you, he's in the small details and he wants to talk to you all the time. And the quicker you will yield to that and be like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? Man, he just unloads and starts giving you revelation knowledge like we talked about. But you have to stop and say, okay, Lord, if this is you, I want it. Or whatever it is, I want it. And so when you turn your affections towards him, when you, hear, when you think you've heard his voice, I want to stop and say this too. Like, I just sense there's, there's some people here tonight and like, you need to find a friend, a trustworthy friend. And now that you've got a new trust on you, you can do that. That you can go to and be like, I think God told me this. Can I share this with you? And then share it with them. As strange as it may sound and weird, how else are you going to learn? By, by just trying it. I got people in my life that I'll call and be like, man, I feel like God's saying this. And this is really weird, but like, please don't judge me. And they just laugh. And they're like, I know you well. Okay. Like, I'm not going to judge you at all. But then all of a sudden you find out, oh my gosh, I did hear from God. That's so cool when it lines up with something else somebody else said. And, and you start really understanding this, this voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And then you start saying that he was wanting to talk to you about all this kind of stuff. So I'm at the store, and he's like, there's more to that. Pay attention. And I really didn't in that moment. I just kept going. You know, I was doing all kinds of stuff. But as I started to, to, to listen, the next day I went to lunch with a friend of mine, and I was telling him about my tool because he's a tool guy as well. And, man, we started talking about the power of God. And how, like, like, if you don't get in the power of God, what, do, what are you doing? If you don't take time to get in and access this power, how do you do that, though? You stop and you get in his presence through prayer, through getting the word and, and constantly staying in it. When you get in it, it's funny how this screwdriver doesn't try real hard 
to do what I just did, right? It just got in the presence. It literally just got in the presence, just like that. It got in there one time through, and now it's all, it's like working. Now, okay, here's what happens, though, if you don't stay in the presence. See, there's another hole down there. You know what that hole does? Any guesses? <laughs> Very good, <laughs> right? Just one, one pass through, right? Now it doesn't work anymore. There you go. It's supposed to fall. <laughs> now it doesn't work anymore. But all you got to do is go right back to it. One time through. Boom. And everything works again. So I'm going to quit playing with my toys and start preaching again. I just, it's the simple things. Because when I get in this word, man, it charges me up. And the Lord told me too, he said, do you know why it's so important? Now I can't get everything apart. Do you know why it's so important to stay magnetized? Because when you have the power of God working in your life, you have this ability now to do what? He showed me this. He said to lift. Right? You get around people. Now you got this new power. And you get around people who are flat on the ground and they're broken and they're hurting. And you get around them. And all of a sudden, because you've been in the power and the presence, you've got this new power around you. All of a sudden, you start lifting people up. And people start following you around. People start, like, sticking to you. Because they just want to know, like, what is that? What is that? It's powerful. Like, I want some of that. I, I got to have that. Where'd you get that? Come on, I'll show you. What do you think happened to Jesus when he was on this earth? See, right after this, right after in Luke, where he comes out and he's in power, that's when he started his ministry. That's when he started going by the sea and seeing Peter and all these guys in boats. And he was like, hey, y'all come follow me. And they're like, Poop, yes, we'll come follow you. Just like that. He had been magnetized. Never to be demagnetized, right? Let's keep going. Let's look in some more scripture. Let's look in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 30. It says, I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this world, this is so good, the ruler of this world, Satan, is coming. But he has no claim on me. In the Amplified, it says, no power over me, nor anything that, could, that can be used against me. But... So that my world, so that the world, now check this out, so that the world may know, that's gnosko, that's that same word, to be intimate. So that the world may know without any doubt that I love the Father. I do exactly. Now that word exactly, it means no discrepancies and no opinion. It means without discrepancy, without opinion. And the Lord told me immediately, have you ever, you ever asked the Lord a weird question? And it's just like, oh, that was stupid, you know. I asked him the other day, I was reading his word, and I was like, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> like, what do you think about that, Lord? But I asked him specifically, what's your opinion on that? And he said, son, I don't have an opinion. I have the truth. I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes I love the way the Lord talks to me because it's just strong, you know. <laughs> it's a father and son. And, but I'm like, oh, yeah. His word is not an opinion. In the world we live in, it's important to know his word is not an opinion. It is the truth. Right? Now, we may have an opinion, right? But you better make sure your opinion lines up with this one. This truth, not, not an opinion. Almost lost it all. So he said, I do exactly as the Father has commanded me. And I act in full agreement with him. I do exactly as he has commanded me. 
Now, what is that command? That command is love. Let's look in John chapter 13. It says, a new commandment I give to you, verse 34, that you love one another. This is the command he's talking about, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. All, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is why it's so important to like spend time in his presence. When you get in his face, it, it does something here. So that no matter what you face, no matter who you face, no matter who comes sideways against you, right? You love them. Well, is that easy? Mm, sometimes not. <laughs> I was at the um, beach. How many of you guys like the beach? Yeah. Not today, though. It's like 110 out there. But I still go. <laughs> Somebody gave me a trip. So we're at the beach a few months ago. And I had this encounter with this guy. And I'm like, I can't remember a time as an adult where I had somebody come at me like this. I thought I was fixing to have to physically defend myself. You ever been in a moment like that? Yeah. And I'm like on the beach, sunrise, walking the dogs. We take our dogs on vacation if that tells you how much we love our dogs, right? We get dog-friendly homes, and we love to take our dogs to the beach. And so I get up real early to go watch sunrise one morning and take them over to the beach. Well, on this beach, it's a certain kind of bougie area, and they have a rule. It's not a law, okay? So don't judge me. It's, I didn't break the law. Uh, but it's a rule, <laughs> And the rule is no dogs on the beach. But I went to this area on the, yeah, exactly. I went to this area on the beach where there was like no condos. There's nothing. It's like desolate island. There's nobody. And at sunrise, there's nobody for miles. Like you can see a mile this way, a mile this way. There's nothing but sand and water. That's it. And so we're out there having a blast, having a good time. And the sun, it comes up over the horizon. We're just chilling. The dogs are playing in the water, having a great time. We've been on vacation for three or four days at this time. So I'm pretty chill. I'm relaxed. Finally, I'm not thinking about work anymore. I'm just like hanging out, enjoying life. And we start to head back to the truck. And I noticed over the, the dunes, there was some people that had started coming out. And a lot of times fishermen will come out right at sunrise. because That's the best time. That's feeding time. And so I noticed this guy with this buggy was coming out kind of where I needed to go to my truck, you know, kind of crossing over the sand. And, and he's pulling his buggy out. And I just was like, looking, oh, cool. He's going fishing. You know, hope he does good today. Closer I get, I notice he's looking at me. And I thought he wanted to, like, pet the dogs. But he's looking at me. And he was like, I didn't know they allowed dogs on this beach. And I was like, I didn't either. <laughs> I kind of played stupid. <laughs> and he said, well, they don't. I was like, oh, boy. And I heard the Holy Spirit the first time. Just keep walking. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, mm, man. And my flesh is just rising up, right? But I've got the love of Christ in me, and he's supposed to know me, right, <laughs> by that. And so I keep walking, I keep walking, and, and I feel it, like, like this guy I listened to as a pastor, he's like, it's like hot sauce kind of rising up my legs, man. It's just getting, you know, my flesh is starting to get on fire. And he said, you're, he starts going in. You're the reason we can't have nice things. <laughs> like, Holy Spirit, again, keep walking. <laughs> keep walking. I did my job. I picked up their poop. You know what I'm saying? Like I had two little bags. I did my job. I cleaned up after them and everything. Like I left no trace. You know what I mean? I did my job. 
He wasn't having it. And so I found the Holy Spirit was like, keep walking. I turned around and I said, I picked up the poop, man. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. And it just, man, it just kept going back and forth, getting hot. And keep, Holy Spirit, keep walking. I said, keep walking. Leave now. Because now the guy's like walking towards me. And I'm like, I just wanted, I wanted him to see that it wasn't that big of a deal, man. Relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know what the male version of a Karen was, but this was it. Like, whatever you call that, right? I think they call him Chad. Didn't know what they call it? A Chad. I'm sorry if your name's Chad. I swear, I'm sorry. Or Karen. It's a bad, it's bad. So sorry. But I was like, God, what is this dude's problem? So he's on the phone now. I'm like, what's he going to call the police? You know what I'm saying? We're like eight miles from the land and like, you know. So he's on the phone and I'm, I started, I finally decided to obey the Holy Spirit after three times. He's so merciful and patient. So I get back to the truck and, and I'm like, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to like, just like block this out. But my adrenaline is kicking. Because I mean, I literally thought like, if you'd have seen this guy. I didn't know if the dude had a gun or what. I mean, this, this dude was crazy. And so I go over the dunes. He's still yelling stuff. I had never been, I, had, I don't think I've ever been called that many profane words in my life. I'm like, whoa, did you just really say that? I mean, I'm just blown away because I don't even hear language like that half the time. And so I get back over the dunes. We're going by the truck. He's parked right next to us. I'm like, what are the odds? There's, there's miles of beach. And he's parked right next to us. I'm like, that's your first problem, dude. You should have parked somewhere else. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. So I get back, and I start having these bad thoughts of what I could do with these two bags. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to put them under his windshield wiper. You know what I mean? And I just start having these thoughts of, like, how I can retaliate and get this dude back. The whole time, I am not hearing the Holy Spirit anymore. And he's just like, are you kidding me? I gave you three shots, and I saved your life, basically, and now you want to retaliate. And so I'm like, well, what if I just threw him in the back of his truck? You know, or what if I just put him, like, under his truck where he opens the door? Maybe he would step in him. Or, you know, I just started having it, and I'm like, no, I can't. No, no, just need to leave. The Holy Spirit said go. So I get back in the truck, and I leave. Now, we're going to push pause for a second, Okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I am all over the place, y'all. Bear with me. I hope y'all are listening okay. You're listening well. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Galatians chapter 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only... Do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. So I'm full, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I, I love Jesus. He lives in me. I listen to him. I hear his voice. I have the love of Christ living in me. And I represent him. However, I still have flesh. I still have a choice maker, too. I still have to choose, even when I'm in his presence... And even when I've heard him, I still have to choose to obey him. Because if I want to see that power, i got to obey. Well, I wasn't seeing any power in this moment because I disobeyed like three times. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love 
serve one another. I wasn't serving this dude. I mean, I, I would now, but I wasn't at the time. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in this statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. That's what was happening. We had begun to consume each other. One step closer every word. We were consuming each other. Do you know flesh will only produce flesh? I preached this a few weeks ago. Flesh will only produce more flesh. I don't care how hard you try or how, how valid you think you are in the flesh. It will only produce more flesh. But if you obey the Holy Spirit, it will only produce more spirit, which is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience, goodness, all the stuff, right? But, but you've got to choose all that kind of stuff. Like you could choose to be a magnet. You can choose to be magnetized. You can get in this presence and all this kind of stuff and then choose to not do anything. And walk around and just enjoy that power yourself. But, but if you get around other people, it's going to change their life. But you still have to choose that. It says, but, it said, um, but if you, you're going to devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, in verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For <laughs> the flesh sets itself against the Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Now let's go to Romans real quick. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's what I was doing. I was setting my mind on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God for it does not subject itself to the law of God. When, when I got home or back to the condo, I was like, my head was on fire. I'm just like mad, kind of scared because I'm like, I don't know what this guy's going to do. I don't know if he's like, you know, lives next to me or I'm going to see him again or, you know, whatever. I'm just like freaking out. I'm having like anxiety and just all this stress because I've disobeyed the Holy Spirit now. Um, you know, I knew, I knew, I was like, I totally misrepresented the kingdom. I started to think about it. I started to actually get back in the presence of God because I'm sitting at home. I'm like, Lord, I can't, I cannot function like this. I'm on vacation. This is ruining my time. I, I need, I need help. And so I keep, I keep sitting there and just trying to figure it out in my head and trying to figure it out in my head. And I relive that thing and relive that thing and relive that thing and relive that thing. And the Holy Spirit's like, whenever you get ready, I'm here. I'm like, oh, man, I know, but I messed up. And so guilt and shame starts coming in. And, you know, I really didn't say anything to him, but I just did, I knew I had disobeyed the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I was like, Lord, I need your help. And he's like, okay. Then I need you to pray for him. I was like, no, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> like, no, he's like, you need to pray for him. I'm like, no, Lord, I don't think you understand. I need help. See, a lot of times we ask God to do things, and he asks us to do something. Why? Because power is in our obedience. Obedience produces power. But if we're just asking him to do everything, there's no obedience in that. Until he asks you to do something, he's like, you need to pray for him, and I'll give you power. 
I'll give you strength and courage to overcome that and to let that stuff go. And so in the moment, I took a deep breath, and I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't know that guy's name. But I just started, like, blessing him. Did you know you have the power to bless people with your mouth? I just started saying, Lord, I bless that man. I bless his day. Lord, I bless his fishing. I hope he gets the biggest fish in the world out there today. I, I bless his time. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're just erasing all that, that anger and that frustration for him. I thank you, Lord. I bless him in Jesus' name. And as I start to bless him, there's this power that starts to come on me. It's like running through this magnetizer. There's this power that starts to just come all over me. And I'm like, whoa. Because the Lord then began to speak to me about this man and show me how hurt he was and show me how miserable he was and show me that he has a whole family that has to live with that guy every single day in that same attitude. And so then I start praying for his family. And then the Lord showed me something. He said, do you know, like I said, you know, this is interesting because like I'm, I'm blessing this guy, but I'm not in his presence. And he said, you don't have to be in his presence to bless him. You have to be in my presence. I was like, oh, that's so good, Lord. I sense even as I said that right then, there's some, some of you in here that there's some people in your life you need to forgive and you need to bless. And you, you just don't want to get in their presence. You don't have to. You could just bless them out of your mouth. Just stop literally and say like, Lord, I bless them and, and say their name. I bless them. And then like give him things like he'll start giving you things to say and to bless that person. Specifically, he'll start prophetically talking to you. You know that word lift, how I was showing you this, this magnet, it, it lifts things. This power has the power to lift. Let's go back. I am all over my notes. I have no idea where I am. But I hope it's making sense somewhat. We're talking about the presence of God and how when we get in his presence, we hear his voice. He can tell us what to do, right? And then power is produced through our obedience if we'll do it. I love this verse. Um, the word prophecy to me is, it was kind of like taboo, even when I first got in church, because I heard the word prophecy, and it's like, ooh, is that, who's that for? You know, what is that? It's kind of mystified, you know, and it's like, no, it's not really that weird. It's actually something that Paul said, I wish that you would all prophesy. How can you get around that? You can't read the whole New Testament and, and what Paul writes and, and think that it's not for you. No, it's for all of us. But you're already thinking, I see, well, I don't know how to prophesy. Who am I? You're a child of God. You, that hears the voice of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, chapter verse 3. It says, well, you, you don't even have to go there. It's kind of paraphrased. Prophecy is hearing from God and speaking what you hear in order to edify, exhort, and console. Exhortation, edification, and consolation. Those are just fancy words. You could basically say it like this. Or you could say... They're like prophecy is to lift up, encourage, and comfort others. How many of you guys feel like you could lift up somebody and comfort somebody and encourage somebody? That's prophesying over them, literally. Because if you hear the voice of God, if you hear what God has told you, and then you speak that over them and it lifts them up, you've prophesied over them. It's really simple. We make it so big and so huge. Now, this is completely different from like the office of a prophet and being a prophet. It's completely different. Everybody should prophesy. But if you haven't spent time in the face of God... You're not hearing his voice. So how are you going to prophesy? You've got to get in his presence. That's why when we get in prayer, there's so much to be heard. There's so much to be said, but yet there's so much to be heard as well. And in that moment when I was sitting there praying for that guy, that's what was happening. 
Like I wasn't just being healed and the Lord wasn't just calming me down because when you play for others and when you bless others, man, it turns anxiety into peace. It turns stress into calm. It literally calms the seas. It literally calms everything in you when you start to bless people out of your mouth. You start to bless situations that have come against you. It changes everything. But you've got to choose to do that and be a blessing, right, instead of a curse. And in that moment, I was praying for that guy, and all of a sudden, the Lord starts telling me things about this guy. Those are words from God. And I just start speaking those out. I start blessing his family. I started praying for his wife and for his kids and, and for his dog. I mean, I was praying for everything in his life because the Lord just started showing me all this stuff. How did I know all that? I didn't. But because I took time to get in his face, because I took time to get in his face on a situation that I was stressed out about. And I'm like, Lord, what do I do? And he's like, pray for him. Okay. And then I obeyed and then power came. Does that make sense? Power came. Let's look at a couple more verses about power. I want to show you this. Mm. Everybody knows the story about the woman with issue of blood, right? We're going to read that real quick. Mark chapter 5. It's in a couple different places, but I like this one the best. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. Now, this is interesting. Verse 27. After hearing about Jesus, that's a huge step. How did she hear about Jesus? I always wondered that. I'm like, was it the Holy Spirit? Kind of had to be, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody just came by and was like, hey, Jesus is out here. But, but it says, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. How did she hear about Jesus, and how did she know to touch his cloak? Somebody told her. There was this leading. I believe there was a drawing. I believe there was this call, like this, this thing that happens when you get just near Jesus. When you just get near his presence, it draws you in. Like I could take that screwdriver and just get it close to that magnetizer, and it just immediately sucks it in. Just get close to it, and it changes things. Because after she heard, I believe the act of obedience is when she went and touched his cloak. She obeyed that call. Verse 28, for she thought, if I, if I just touch his garment, I'll get well. <laughs> immediately the flow of her blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. Power. See the obedience and the power. Immediately she obeyed God. She obeyed this call. She obeyed what she felt like in her heart was the right thing. What she felt like, I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling her. Immediately power came. Verse 30. Immediately, <laughs> another immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself. Did you notice that Jesus didn't really try real hard? Jesus didn't, like, try to give her that power. He didn't even have to work hard. She touched him, and power immediately came. She obeyed, and power came. It says, immediately perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garment? And the disciples said, uh, said to him, uh, you see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see who the, the, the woman who had done this, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware that uh, what had happened to her, uh, she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, her whole story. And he said to her daughter, I love this part, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. And I, when I read that this afternoon, the Lord said, your faith has made you well. He said, whoa, whoa go back. 
Go back to that word faith because you can substitute that for another word. Faith without what is dead? What's works? Obedience, <laughs> right? That is the works of faith. It's your obedience to what he's asked you to do. And he said, so, he said, daughter, your obedience has made you well. Your obedience to the word. I'd never seen that before. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Let's keep going. Let's go over to Matthew real quick. I'm almost done, I promise. Obedience equals power. But you got to get in his presence to hear his voice so that you know what to obey or that you have anything to obey. Matthew 14, chapter 13. I love this story. Now, when Jesus heard about John, which had been killed, a whole other story, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard this, they followed him on foot from the cities. It's that magnet again, man. They just wanted to be near him. They wanted the power. They wanted to know what this was. They wanted to just be close to him because he was different than anything they'd ever seen. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion on them and healed their sick. When it was evening, when the sun was going down, the disciples came to him and said, This place is desolate, (laughs) and the hour is already late. And so he said, Send the crowds away. Not he said. They said, Send the crowds away. Isn't that interesting? They told Jesus, This place is desolate, and this hour is already late, so send the crowds away. Notice how the, the, the disciples, man, they just had a lot to learn. It's like, they're like, Jesus, will you do something? It's like, wow, no, know your role. You know what I'm saying? Don't be asking Jesus to do stuff like that. (laughs) It says, this place is desolate and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away to the villages. Why don't you give them something to eat? So the next thing they said was a complaint, right? They said, why don't you give them something to eat? And they said, we have only five loaves and two fish. It's kind of like complaining. The Lord told me that your complaining is to the devil what your faith is to God. (laughs) Right? When you complain, oh, come on, that's music to the enemy's ears. But when you use your faith and trust God, it pleases him. Your faith pleases him. (laughs) They complained, but God's so merciful. Even when they complained, The next thing God said was, bring it here to me. So there's their opportunity, right? Because they were in his face. Even though they were complaining, they still were in his face. They were still near him, and he gave them another command. He said, bring it to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took five loaves and two fish. Looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food. Breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the crowds, and they all ate. Obedience. He said, bring it to me. They brought it to him, power, immediately. It was so simple. It still is, really. Like, what's God asking you to do? What's he already asked you to do that you haven't done yet? I love this. I saw this this afternoon. It says, they picked up what was left over after they had all eaten and they were all satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets, when I read that, I'm like, where'd they get the baskets? Not only did he multiply the fish and the, two, and the loaves, but I'm like, where did he get a basket to feed almost 10,000 people, honestly? Because it says 5,000, this is just men, not, not including their wives if they were married and their kids. So you could just say on an average of 10,000 people. You know how many baskets it takes to feed 10,000 people? Where'd they get 10, like, 
enough baskets, let alone the fish. There's just so much, like so many levels in this stuff. That's right. It says there were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. But I love that, that God was so patient and so merciful, even in their complaining. He was like, bring it to me, guys. They had the same power. They were with Jesus. Like, they had Jesus in the flesh. They'd seen Jesus do miracles. They'd seen him do all this kind of stuff. And they're, they're still complaining. They're still, but like, they're still doubting. They're still, like, in this process of learning and growing and students. But that's a, not a bad place to be, right? Because they're still with Jesus. But when he asks them to do something, it's like, okay, let's, let's do what Jesus said. And then power follows every single time. Can we do one more verse? Yes. <laughs> let's do Matthew 14. Mm. No. No, let's not do that one. <laughs> let's do Luke. Let's go to Luke. I'm kind of partial. Luke chapter 5. <laughs> Somebody got it. Um, verse 1. It says, Now it happened, while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake by the fishermen. Um, But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. In verse 3, he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's or Peter. And he asked him to put out a little little way from the land. Now, think about this. This dude just walks up and gets in your boat. And he's like, take me out to the water. That's an act of obedience. And the next thing it says is he sat down and began to teach the people from the boat, which is power. Obedience, power. There's so many of these acts of obedience and power I'd never seen before. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon or Peter, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. This next one is is key. Simon answered and said, but master, master, he calls him. We worked hard all night and caught nothing. Like, I don't want to go back out. I'm tired. We didn't call it anything. You serious? He said, but I will do as you say. But I will do as you say. That's it. That's, that's, that's the obedience. And let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to the parents, or sorry, sorry not to the parents, to the partners in the boat. <laughs> Mom, Dad. No, so they, they signaled to the, their partners in the boat for them to come and help. And they came and filled both boats up, so much so that they were sinking. Now, I love this part because, like, Jesus was with them. I didn't realize that till this afternoon either. I was reading through this, and it's like Jesus was in the boat with them. He didn't just tell them to go out and good luck. And he was, like, with them, watching them. Do you know how much fun Jesus, I think, was having? Like, watching them catch all these fish, watching all these miracles happen because of this one act of obedience, just trusting him. <laughs> but when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. He could see the shame and the guilt because he doubted it in the beginning. He's like, he kind of, he realized, man, I complained. Like, I can't believe I didn't trust God. I can't believe, because that's Peter's personality, man. He's just like all or nothing, you know. I can so relate to that. Because I can beat myself up really quick if I miss it. But the Lord's like, no, 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 stop. Stop. You're still here with me. Quit beating yourself up. That's a word for somebody. Quit beating yourself up. You're still with Jesus. (laughs) 
He said, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch um, of the fish that they had taken. And so were James and, and John and the other guy, and they were partners of Simon. It says, do not fear. Jesus said this, do not fear. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and they followed him. They left everything because of an act of obedience and then power. An act of obedience and power. I know I've said that a thousand times, but it is the whole point. An act of obedience and power. The other day, uh, and I'll, I'll close with this worship team if you guys want to come on back up, maybe. Um, that we had some missionaries here from Panama, and I got to take them to lunch. And this lady was telling me about how they minister to the indigenous people down there. And it's like they, were, they are uh, Indians. And, and he was saying that, or she was saying that, like, they, they have to keep things real simple. It, it's, it, it, you can't get too complicated because you're talking about indigenous people who've never met anybody else other than people in their, in their, in their tribe of, like, 40 people. And so they speak their own dialect. You have to, like, you know, just go in there. And she said what they did was make friends and, make a, and create a relationship with the chief of that tribe first, which is kind of common um, because if you get him saved, you kind of everybody else follows suit, uh, which is cool because then they can, like, build a relationship and realize it's not about their chief, that it's about the chief and, you know, in that process. But whatever it takes. And so she said that they had built this relationship for years with this, this chief. And, and one day they were down there preaching. And she said these, these messages that she preached is like they need to be like five minutes. Like not that long, very simple. And it has to be interpreted. So, you know, it's even cut that in half. And so she said she was just basically they were talking about how to get in the presence of God. And how power can come from that. And she said, I didn't really have a whole message. I just told them that this like what I did. And she said, I'd go in, and I'd, I'd sit in my chair. I'd get some coffee, and I'd sit in this one chair. And I'd just sit down and say, good morning, God. Good morning, Jesus. What do you want to do today? And just start having a conversation. And she's like, basically, that was my whole message to him. And she's like, then I told him I obeyed and did whatever God told me to do. And she said, the, the chief that day, they're fishermen. It's so amazing how close to this story it is. But she said that fisherman said, okay, I got it. Now, he didn't say that to everybody. But the, that day, he went to uh, somewhere. He had some coffee because they bring him coffee. He sat down, had his coffee, and did what, exactly what she said. Hey, God, good morning. What do you want to do today? And he said, Lord told him specifically, I don't want you to go fishing until midnight. And he's like, that's weird. Why would I not go fishing at midnight? Everybody else is going right now. And he said, I want you to go fishing at midnight. So he knew he had heard God, so he wanted to obey and do exactly what she had told him. Exactly. So he goes and gets in the boat with a couple other guys, and they run these big, long nets, right? And they have two boats, and, and they run these long nets, and they, they try to catch fish. That night alone, they, she said they caught 5,000 pounds of fish. 5,000 pounds of fish at midnight. So they pulled them all back in. They had to get other boats. Other friends with other boats, as they got close to shore, they started yelling, waking everybody up in this little village. And they were like, we need help. And so they got other boats to come out and drag all that back in and bring them all back in. The next day, the guy who went out to help him and saw this catch said, what did you do? He preached the same message to him. He said, I just sat in my chair, had coffee, and asked God, or told God, good morning, what do you want to do? He told me to go out at midnight. The guy did the same thing the next day and caught 3,000 pounds of fish. 
So that's five, 8,000 pounds of fish in two days. And she said it was roughly six to nine months salary for their whole village. And I'm like, thank you so much for sharing that. I said, do you know how refreshing it is to hear that, that simplicity, that's the simplicity of the gospel. You spend time in the face of God, in his presence, whatever that looks like for you. It could be having coffee in a chair and saying, good morning, God. Good morning, Jesus. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want to do today, God? <laughs> and then he talks to you. Don't overthink it. I already see your wheel spinning. It's not complicated, y'all. It's not complicated. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to close in worship. And, and while we're worshiping, I want to take this time. You can have all this fun stuff. I'll come back and clean it up later. Um, oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> I want, to do three, I want you to do three things while we're worshiping. I want you to get in his presence. I want you to obey his voice. And I want you to walk in his power. Those three things. And honestly, I don't want you to just do it tonight. I want you to start doing this every single day. You get in his presence. When you get in his presence, you get in his face. You ask God what he wants you to do. Talk to him. Verbally. Out loud. Be uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. You're like, God, man, I hope this is real. <laughs> be real with him. Like, what are you, why, why, are you, why are you afraid? Like, don't be afraid. Get uncomfortable with God. Like, you know, just get out of yourself and just be like, no, Lord, I want the real. Like, I want it all. Like, if this is real, I want it. And then when you sit there, get face-to-face with him, listen to what he's telling you, and then step out and go. Because a lot of times, like I said earlier, you're hearing the voice of God. You guys are diving in. I watch during worship like you're listening. But are you doing what he's asking you to do while you're listening? Right? Is it just like raising hands and feeling good in the moment and then leaving and going and doing whatever? Or is it listening and saying, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And him giving you something. Maybe it's a word for somebody else. Maybe he's giving you something to say to somebody. Maybe, and, and, and if it's an encouraging, uplifting, comforting word, then that's God. You don't even have to guess at it. Right? If it's edifying, if it's, if it's exhorting, if it's comforting, man, go with it. You know, I've told people, I've given people words before, and they're just like, nope, <laughs> that's not God. It was encouraging, you know what I mean? But it didn't, like, resonate with them. And then I would go beat myself up, and I was like, Peter, right? And the Lord's like, will you stop? Like, you stepped out in faith. I will bless that. I heard a guy say this one time. He was at a coffee shop, and I promise we're going to close. He was at a coffee shop. And he was in line, and he said, I felt like I had a word for this guy, and I felt like it was something about his uncle. And he was like, man, he was like beginning in it and just like trying to trust God and, you know, just like trying to step out but not want to be weird. And he lives in L.A. And so anyway, he was at a coffee shop. He got this word, and he's like, I just walked up to the guy in line, and I said, hey, do you have an uncle? And he was like, nope. My dad's the only child. No uncles. He's like, man, well, he said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm just learning how to hear the voice of God in my life. And, I, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I'm doing what he's asking me to do and obeying him. And he said, did you say you're learning how to hear the voice of God in your life? And he said, yeah. He said, that's interesting because I've been looking for somebody who knows God. Now, he missed the word, right? But God still blessed it. 
He still used it. He said they had sat down in this coffee shop and had a conversation about Jesus. The guy gave his life to Jesus right there on the spot because he was hungry and looking. But had he been like, oh, man, I missed it and walked away and not given that guy a chance to talk, you know, or whatever it was or beat himself up, he would have missed the whole opportunity. I feel like tonight it's interesting. I didn't even think about all this before before now, but like, man, I just sense like you've you've kind of relegated prophecy or you know hearing the voice of God and speaking it out to certain people and you feel like that's not your call <laughs> or you feel like this is not my gift or whatever it's like no Paul, Paul said I wish that you would all prophesy all all means all he said it multiple times you need to look at first Corinthians whoever's taking notes you can write this down first Corinthians chapter 12 13 and 14 it's the perfect trio. I'm telling you. It's amazing. Chapter 12 is about the gifts. Chapter 14 is about the gifts. Chapter 13 is love. It's the perfect sandwich. It's the gift sandwich, right? It's all the gifts of God with love right in the middle. Because you don't want to do any of this stuff without his love representing all that stuff. But you start reading about those gifts. I'm telling you, in chapter 12, chapter 14, and then, and then put love right there in the middle. You keep it at the center as you're testing this, as you're walking out in all these gifts and things. Man, you're going to see God do some wild stuff in your life. I promise you. Always be a student. Always be a student of his word. Always be listening, but always be obeying and always be stepping out and trusting God in everything that you do. It's so worth it. People's lives are attached to you. They're attached to your obedience. When you step out, man, his power is available every single time. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And I thank you, Lord, that as we worship tonight, as we close, as we listen in your presence for your voice. I thank you, Lord, that you're just opening eyes. I thank you, Lord, that the eyes of the enlightenment, of people's enlightenment would be open tonight. I thank you, Lord, that as we mentioned earlier, that, that people's um, just countenance is changed. I sense it in the room. There's people who went from trash to treasure tonight, just supernaturally, just sitting in your seats. I really sense this too. Like there's some people here and you have tonight, you sensed like you got hope in hearing God's voice. Like you got, like you're like, no, I have been hearing God and I am going to step out. Like there's this encouragement that's come in you. It's like come on you and in you. And I just like want to tell you, go with that. Find a friend, find somebody in your life that you can trust Find somebody in your life that you do this together with. Grow in the things of God with somebody. Making it an adventure. Because it is. God's all about an adventure. He's all about the journey. But if you don't step out and obey, you won't go on that journey. You don't have to. But man, it's what we're called to. You don't have to, but it's what we're called to. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're just speaking to all of us right now, even as we worship. And I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is present. So speak to each and every one of us, Father. As we, as we sing these words and as we worship with these words, as we say them, I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to us through them. But also, uh, even if it's not what we're saying, Father, let us just have our ears open to hear your voice. We love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and stand to your feet as we worship.